0: Tell us, I took too big of a hit, please
1: <laughs> I'm luck i mean I'm happy for you that you got a big hit out of what you have <laughs> I'm proud drug dealers hit me up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I don't even know where we left our intro
1: at, but... Uh, we definitely haven't even oh. said the intro.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, the break that we took, but you weren't here because
1: I edited it all out. I <laughs> can't <laughs> Kristen's Can you... drunk.
0: Hi, this is drunk Kristen, and welcome <laughs> Welcome to... <laughs> The Red Rum and Red Wine. <laughs> I'm sorry! Ah. That was real! <laughs> no, that was not scripted. This is the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast. The podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps. <laughs> and if you clearly could not tell from that beauty that came out of my mouth... Hi, I'm one of the mishaps, Kristen... Take it
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the responsible mishap tonight. Hello, Sarah here. Yeah, calling me out? No, I wasn't no, drunk no, editing no. right before this.
0: No, I sober edit. I'm responsible.
1: Well, we weren't expecting a recording tonight, but then I was like, wow, a miracle did happen, and I finished my notes. <laughs>
0: and I said, wow, a miracle would happen. I'm really drunk, and i won't amazing content so here we are mm-hmm.
1: so let's fucking hear it
0: yes yes uh before oh my god i'm, I'm actually concerned are you
1: okay oh my god <laughs> that was like a really wet foamy burp <laughs> so sorry <laughs> uh, oh god I think it's gonna happen again oh my
0: my headphones popped the headphones are popped out the background the background is off the headphones are gone oh my god are you are you alright are you are you okay
1: I think so there's
0: <laughs> oh my god
1: there's about a ninety-eight percent chance it'll happen again. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, oh I'm just oh drinking God. a really delicious day. IPA, and it's <laughs> making it. me burpy. It's literally <laughs> called Delicious IPA. Delicious IPA, please. <laughs>
0: Don't feel threatened. You can still sponsor us
1: that oh, yeah, it's a good burp. That
0: frothy burp would not deter clients at all. We are great candidates for your beer. Yes.
1: What are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been drinking?
0: Not that beer that makes me taste like or makes me sound like that. I am drinking my good old, and trusty. If any beer is to sponsor us, it is going to be this one. Shiner, please, please, please. I know I had a projectile incident with you <laughs> Halloween of 17 when I was dressed as Wednesday Adams, but I am here drinking your red... It's Redbird. Ruby Redbird, <laughs> yes. Yes, the grapefruit. 95 calories, people. I'm 95. here. Watch me, watch me promote y'all. If well. you drink White Claw's, push it aside grab this beer 95 calories 1 3.1 carbs only one carb more than a white claw i mean
1: let oh. me help promote it i tried it when i visited san antonio oh, no recently, you don't you and shut up you shut up. Like it. You i took one sip up. and i was Shh. like mm. Shh. Mm. Shh. sarah you're costing
0: us <sighs> money i have a excellent palate and i approve of the ruby grapefruit message So now that we are in it, what are we in it for? A?
1: A. I am going to be talking about a topic I haven't really covered yet, which Mm -hmm. is a missing persons case. Um, And, you know, I'm living in New Mexico now, so it is a New Mexico missing persons case um this one is kind of well known within the true crime community you know it's been covered by podcasts before um it's just you know it's still cold it's still unsolved and it's still very it's uh shook the community so today i will be talking about the disappearance of tara calico that is raining a little bit yeah, once I go into details, you'll probably like recognize it for sure.
0: You know me. I'm a I'm a stoner. I don't remember names. I remember
1: <laughs> the weirdest details. Like <laughs> yes, she was yell I- <laughs> she was wearing a yellow sweater with white polka dots and red rain boots. <laughs> <sighs> so this story takes place in Bellin, New Mexico and it's a small town about 35 miles south of Albuquerque. Its residents have described it as, you know, a tight-knit, small community. They've always felt pretty safe there, you know, kind of until, like, this happens, so. Always. Bella, New Mexico, is where Tara Calico lived with her mother, Patty Dole, and stepfather, John Dole. Um, she did have a few siblings, and I'm... Not sure how many exactly, and which ones were, like, full-blood or step-siblings, and uh, I'm not sure if any of them also lived in the household, Mm -hmm. but I just know she at least lived with her mom and stepfather, so. On September 20th, 1988, 19-year-old Tara sets out to go on her daily bike ride around 9.30 a.m. Tara would try and ride her bike, like, almost every day you know weather permitting she like would try and do it literally every day um and she would ride the same route which she would go out of her neighborhood take a left turn on new mexico state road 47 and it was about a 34 mile round trip so she would ride 17 miles to this railroad track and turn around and ride back home
0: i so like I hate it because I sound like my mom when she tells me like put a pair of shorts on before you put that outfit out in public because it's very dangerous as a female for you to take the same route and it shouldn't be something that should be dangerous but for society's fucked up reasons it is but like as soon as I hear that like she takes the same route I'm just like ooh don't as a female that's just like not something that you should do
1: yeah and you know it's the 80s and it is a small tight-knit community so they would have never thought something like this you know what would have i'm about happened? to tell you what happen yeah so um <clears throat> but this route she would ride has been described as you know if you've ever been to new mexico it's pretty like rural new mexico terrain so it's kind of desert like a lot of brush and Cacti, but it's also kind of beautiful. Um, A lot of
0: people compare it to like alien
1: universe. Yeah, I it just like that. the
0: terrain can sometimes look like otherworldly.
1: Oh, very much. Yeah. And yeah. Um, New Mexico has uh, various terrain. You know, it's mountainous, it can be desert like, there's the sand dunes, there's. Um, it's, the, you know there's like the national forest so there's trees and there's green so there's it, just it like varies, so many but, different yeah variations that you yeah can where, where we're to. at it's a little more like brush and desert like um but still like it's described as scenic and like pleasant to the eyes at yeah, least peaceful so you know and this is why she rode her bike on this route every day it was for exercise Um, you know, nonetheless, but it was also to relax and to clear her head, you know, she enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So on this day, she rode her mother's pink huffy bicycle, because she had been having trouble with her own bicycle recently with flat tires and such. Mm -hmm. She also took with her her yellow Walkman with one cassette, obviously. Uh, Yeah, this
0: case is sounding really familiar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The bike and the cassette usually will get the you. Mm, yeah. When Tara was leaving, uh, she told her mom that if she wasn't home by noon to go out looking for her because she had plans to play tennis with her boyfriend around like 12.30 or 1 that day, and she didn't want to be late or miss it. Because remember, oh. it's 1988. They didn't have cell phones. She may have been wearing a watch, but it was never noted. So I doubt she was if she was, you know. Wait,
0: so was the it was a pretty long track so when she says like go out looking for me was it something that her mom could have easily accessed the whole entire yes. route okay yes um because so she was basically saying like just drive the car around look because for me. her
1: mom would often ride bicycles with her with Tara mm-hmm. so she was very familiar with that route but she apparently like what i read she would occasionally/often ride with her but as of lately she'd been kind of skipping more and more rides and obviously she couldn't ride with her cuz Taro was using her bike cuz Taro was having trouble with her bike so of course yeah but she was very familiar and knew exactly what path Taro was taking and so she knew where to look the same one. Mm-hmm. yeah unknown to Patty at the time this would be the last time she ever spoke to her oh, daughter yeah. A little bit about Tara before we get into the investigation and what happens. Tara Lee Calico was born on February 28th, 1969. She had, you know, light brown hair. She was tall, attractive, intelligent, and athletic. Friend and classmates admired her. In high school, she was in band, the ski club, President's Club, oh. the French Club. <laughs> what the... F- she Stop. was on the freaking drill team.
0: You could have stopped right there and that would have been a I know.
1: <laughs> and she played tennis,
0: okay. Stop, okay. So, so this- she was
1: very well-rounded.
0: So she knew how to manage her time much, much better than <laughs> and I ever dude, did. Dude,
1: okay, so that's my next bullet. She was scheduled, organized, and focused.
0: Yeah, this is someone who is not running this podcast.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's I. Right. What? Hi okay.
0: hi. Hi. We we stay up all night and research our podcast the night before. <laughs> <I'm>... yeah. <laughs> I like,
1: I... yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so at the time of her disappearance I mentioned that she was nineteen. She was going into her sophomore year at the University of New Mexico at the Valencia location because there is one in Albuquerque, and Valencia is the county she was in. So Bellin, New Mexico, is in Valencia County. Got it. Uh, she would ride her bike to and from school, and like I mentioned, she did have a unclear to me, you know, family situation like brothers and sisters who were either full-blood or not. I don't know. Because when I watched a documentary, just her sister was featured, and she made a comment like her mom started to look for her. So I'm thinking like...
0: Did it mention her ever know. having like a bad relationship with a stepfather? Because I know you no. have mentioned him still like being in the photo or in the picture.
1: Right. No. Uh, her home life wasn't super clear but there was no ill-painted picture of her relationship with her stepfather in fact he stays um invested in her disappearance and um you know we don't go into a whole lot of detail but you'll see a little later how he seems fr- frustrate, f- frustrated frustrated yeah. with how things end does up, it, so
0: sorry does it ever go into detail about her actual dad like her he biological
1: ever... father um, from what I read in resources, there were like, I saw one thing about him basically on how uh, their relationship was unclear, but he wasn't like super in the picture, I don't think. Got it. Yeah. I and mean, um, he. Hi, Dad.
0: Have, not yeah. like you're ever listening, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. So back to the morning or day of September 20th, 1988. Like I mentioned, Tara sorry Tara was scheduled and organized so when she doesn't return from her bike ride by noon that day her mom set out to look for her just like Tara had asked her to Mm. so her mom knew she was like organized and scheduled so of course she kind of immediately started to worry but she was also like she kind of told me almost like warned me like if i don't come home go look for me so she almost like a
0: premonition probably
1: like it's a premonition and so, so, eerie. so um eerie. and it's and there were kind of mixed there was mixed information in the sources as to why tara gave her mom those instructions because she did have tire trouble with her bicycle it was said that you know like a couple of days prior she got a flat tire While riding her bike and she had to walk it home seven miles. Mm. So that that could have been the reason why. I mean,
0: I, I, so it, it was swim day. It's swim day every Monday at my kid's school. I (laughs) forgot one Monday that it wasn't swim day. I will never forget again because of the inconvenience that it brought me. So, I could only imagine after having a seven-mile walk with a broken tire, um, I could definitely say, hey, if I don't show up at this time, you better fucking look for me. Because I'm not walking all of these miles.
1: Oh, yeah. Tara's mom goes out looking for and like I said earlier her mom was super familiar with the route so she knew where to look she drove to the train tracks and back and didn't see Tara so she figured I don't know like maybe I missed her Uh, maybe you know she already left to go play tennis so so when she returns from looking for her she calls Tara's boyfriend and when he's like no I'm like I haven't seen her she calls police immediately. Normally, when young people go missing, they are treated as possible runaways. But in this case, it was totally different due to the nature of Tara, like her behavior, who she was as a person. She had no history of any kind of ill behavior, and it's not like she would just run away with someone random because she had her boyfriend. And, you know, so those are just kind of the understandings of why police actually acted immediately as well. And Tara's mom acted immediately. So that was beneficial.
0: I'm so sorry. How old was she at this time?
1: 19 years old.
0: 19. Oh, so she was past the adult age, too. So that's yes. even like an extra.
1: Right. It's not like she would just be like, bye.
0: How do you spell her last name?
1: C-A-L-I-C-O. L-I-C-L. Yeah.
0: She looks exactly like you.
1: I know. If anyone needs a reenactment, if you, actress,
0: no wonder I you said she gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm leaving no. that. I'm leaving that in. You're like, oh, she's so gorgeous. I'm like, dude, she looks exactly like you. No wonder. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I know the photo related with that for sure. So damn that's so crazy yeah you like the eyebrows the <laughs> eye color it's so insane
1: i know i how, have green eyes it said that she has green eyes but then like also it says lips, she has brown so it's I don't know. like
0: so the result. like if i just got like
1: a little bit of a perm maybe
0: if no if you cut your bangs and like curled them like that oh mm-hmm. that's like you almost it's so because i'll get get into the real dark eyeliner under those eyes at the end
1: of this episode i'll get into a documentary that is in the works and they might need like i don't know (laughs) maybe not i don't
0: know no sign up sign up i would you're a dead canny wow
1: so the search for tara begins immediately you know family members friends the community police they all start searching the route that tara was riding her bikes you know how they do the hand-in-hand uh sweep of the areas they were doing that and there was no sign of tara no sign of her bicycle or you know her mom's pink huffy bicycle Mm -hmm. she seemingly vanished without a trace but while they were searching um they did come across some like car and bike bicycle tire tracks on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. The road they were searching and the, you know, areas on each side, it was like a two lane road. So
0: okay, not huge. A
1: good, mm-hmm. And yeah, and like I said, it was like a desert like brushy area, so lots of dirt and just like bushes and stuff. So on this side of the road and the way the bicycle and the car marks seemed it looks like a scuffle could have happened basically the the bicycle tire marks the way that tara's stepdad described it he described that they almost looked like skid marks and that it looked like a struggle had taken place but there were car or vehicle tire marks as well but i think they Mm. weren't as like skiddy they were just like actual marks that yeah yeah It looked
0: Um, more like the bike had actually rode over it, not so much. Yeah, and then it,
1: like, kind of, they stopped. So, also, a piece of a broken yellow Walkman (gasps) and a cassette tape was also found nearby. Oh. Unfortunately, other than a few witness statements that I'm about to get into, this would be the only evidence that they would find, like, for a while. Wow. Or ever, basically.
0: So like no bike, no body, nothing. Just
1: mm-hmm. wow. So fortunately there are a few witnesses that recall seeing Tara riding her bike that morning mm-hmm. and I didn't like put this in my notes, but I recall in a source like a witness recalled seeing her at 11.45 a.m., like literally right before she was supposed to be home. They remember seeing her. Oh Both witnesses that came forward also mentioned a light-colored pickup truck with a camper in its bed, like a camper top in its bed, driving slowly behind her. Oh. And the two witnesses that came forward with these statements, they saw her basically like if I remember correctly, 10 to 15 minutes apart.
0: Dude. This, I know that, uh, I'm so sorry that I do not remember the name of this girl, but this is so much reminded me of that case where that girl had went for a run and there were photos of her, like, on her garage camera of her, opening the trunk and whatever and then I believe it was in Oklahoma some kind of like farm country and her neighbor drove his truck and basically ran her over put her in the trunk raped her and killed her and that was like a huge case that happened like just a couple of years ago I think like right before COVID hit and it's it's so crazy how much this case is like reminding me of it. Maybe it's like the terrain and the well when details of about the truck. The, yeah, uh, and her
1: running. It's just like, ugh. well, she wasn't running. She was riding her bike. But yeah, same. yeah. When you hear also just things that happen, there's a lot of weird factors, but a lot are familiar to other missing persons cases, kidnapping cases, and even murder cases. So. It's just very weird and troubling. So, like I said, no other evidence than what I just mentioned was really found, and the search for Tara and other evidence would continue for days and months. But luckily, uh, at least one of the witnesses who noticed the truck driving behind Tara gave he believed he would be able to give enough details for a sketch because Mm -hmm. he saw the driver's face, noticed he had, like, a mustache. So a sketch of the driver was released to the public, but it led nowhere.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Nine months would go by before a very strange development would happen. And this is kind of a sidebar. Um, I'll go off a little bit. And then I'll pull y'all back, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, none, nine months later, on June 15th, 1989, a Polaroid picture was found in a convenience store parking lot by a woman in part, part, <laughs> Sorry. Now you know how
0: hard it is for me.
1: <laughs> it's always hard for me.
0: <laughs> you just make it look so much easier.
1: Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> a polaroid picture was found in a convenience store parking lot by a woman in port st joe florida this port st joe florida yes <laughs> sorry this is where all the
0: memories come flooding back of yes the weird details that i know
1: a young woman and a boy are in the photo They're pictured in the back of a van, like a cargo van. You can see the white walls of the cargo van. They're duct taped on the mouth, you know, gagged with duct tape. And their hands are bound behind their backs. Mm. So the woman who found the photo, I think she like, so she walked into the convenience store and she noticed this white van kind of parked next to her or near her. And when she walked out, she found the Polaroid on the floor, (gasps) or on the ground, sorry, right where that van was parked. So she saw the picture, and she's like, what the fuck? And she immediately took it to the police. Thank goodness, like, good for her. Because she was able to tell the police that she found it in a parking spot where a white cargo van was parked.
0: It just really gives me chills to think that either either situation is terrible but either this person deliberately left that photo for someone to find or one of the victims pushed that photo out in a desperate attempt to try and save their lives and it just
1: both like, of those theories are top three, but also top three. I'd say it would it would have just fallen out of the van. Like to me, it it
0: seems more it in my mind. I don't know why it just seems so deliberate. And I don't know whether I, it be from the victim or from him. In a really sick way, I really feel like it may have been from him. Like I that just will just maybe some shit that he just does.
1: Remind me to mention later towards the end, kind of, um, maybe about the deliberacy part of thing. Yes, drunk Kristen
0: is here, and she will do her best, but she's not. Please try.
1: Any guarantees? <laughs> This Polaroid that was found, um, like I said, the woman who found it turned it into police. And it, I'm not sure how or whatever the circumstances was or were, but it got released to the public somehow because oh. Tara's family saw it and thought the woman in the photo looked very similar. Similarly, like Tara calico i oh i don't like how and uh i'm sorry i didn't provide it for you Kristen. but if you'd like to look it up you can see the no, no, no no
0: i i saw it when okay. i saw that she looked yeah. exactly like you that was the next photo that's oh, okay. how i uh yes that
1: if y'all haven't
0: seen the photo i don't know if we're gonna post it i'm looking at you yeah. Sarah. i yes. don't really know how yeah okay If you're like me and you have a really terrible memory, like, this photo is what makes the case. And it's so terrifying to look at. So I can only imagine being a random civilian on the street and you just see a photo on the ground and you pick it up and this is what you're seeing. And to think that this was someone that was getting gas right next to you or something that is so casual and instantly becomes so horrific and intimate. And you're just like, oh, yeah not prepared for that and i ugh. he's it in the reason why i think that is because i i think it's so deliberate is because i just he would just get such like a rise out of that yeah in my mind i guess but
1: so tara's family became quickly convinced that it was tara in the in the polaroid that was found in florida which was over 1200 miles away But also, don't forget, there was a young boy in the photograph with her. And so, remember, Tara was 19 when she went missing, but this young boy photographed with her. um, I think he was around 10. He was, like, way younger. Way younger. And so, a couple months before Tara went missing, a boy named Michael Henley was on a camping trip in New Mexico with his dad, And uh, a third person, I'm sorry, I don't know what the relation was, but it was another adult, like his dad's friend or a family member, whatever. So it's not really important. But anyways, Michael went missing from the campsite all of a sudden. And he basically was never, not never found, but he, like, search parties started immediately. At the campsite? Yeah, like oh, his his dad and the adult stop, friend just realized like, oh stop, he's stop, gone. Stop stop stop, 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 stop. And so his dad described I think in what I watched, like his first assumption was that he just roamed off and got lost and they were really hoping they could find him but oh. they never oh. so you just
0: ruined Theodore Summer. Stop. He's not giving. I'm sorry. He's, yes, he's not he is. Anywhere.
1: They make child leashes is, for this is exact is reason. Never.
0: Yes, I am putting that child leash.
1: And I won't drag you. Spike in
0: the ground, <laughs> and he is not leaving. <laughs> and I you won't. Can judge you could call CPS on me. I would rather him be spiked into the ground. <laughs> oh my God, that is so. Sorry. Like, what do you?
1: So when Michael's family saw this Polaroid, they actually also recognized the boy in the photo and insisted that it was Michael in the Polaroid with Tara. Mm. And because Tara and Michael's family were both in the New Mexico area, um, both sense. of their moms, like Tara's mom and Michael's mom, they actually like came together <gasps> and was like our children, you know. Oh. So at first, both families were pretty certain that it It was, indeed, their children in the Polaroid. But if it was, like, what would this mean for the investigation? Were they kidnapped and taken to Florida? Or was the guilty part just in Florida? You know, like, what the fuck could have happened? What does this mean?
0: And it's also so random. Oh, wait. Oh, you're breaking out. You're breaking out. You're breaking out. You just
1: cut out. Yeah, you're cutting out, too. Hold on. Is it me or you? I don't know. It looks like you. Is it me or you? Are you moving or am I? Oh,
0: no. I feel like I'm cutting out, too. You're not back to normal yet. (laughs) Oh, what was that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're cutting out. You are, too.
0: I see it cutting out on my end, too. Um...
1: Testing, testing.
0: It's all... Oh. My computer is like... (gasps) It's at... 5% and it's charging. That's why it's freaking out. My charger has been broken.
1: Yeah, it's not glitching now, but it was for like a minute straight.
0: My computer has been plugged in this entire time. And it's at 4%. I just did
1: hear the ding, which means it's charging. Yeah, but
0: it's so. been doing that this entire time. And it's at only now f- oh. 4%. And it's like... I don't even, it went from 5 to 4%. So now I'm just worried that the computer's going to die Either my charger's breaking or my computer's breaking, and either one is oh not no. a good idea, or not the ideal possibility. Whatever I'm trying to say.
1: Should we um, stop the recording and save it just in case? But. Any theory about Michael being the boy in the photo was actually eventually decided as not the case because Michael's remains were found in the Zuni Mountains of New Mexico about two years after he went missing, and the Zuni Mountain area where he was found was seven miles away from his campsite. So I'm not going to get into too much detail about Michael but it was basically decided that he died of natural slash accidental causes due to consumption, due to being out in the wilderness. Like,
0: So he basically just like... He wandered
1: off, off and, and died. So rather than being kidnapped, he died of consumption. Oh. But Patty, Tara's mom, was convinced that it was Tara in the photograph because next to the woman in the Polaroid... You can see a book next to her, and it's a book titled My Sweet Audrina by V.C. Andrews, which was Tara's favorite book.
0: Yeah, I remember that detail.
1: The woman in the photo also had a scar on her leg that matched one that Tara received from a previous car accident. But... The FBI says that the analysis is too con- too inconclusive, so they don't believe that it is Tara in the photograph, even though it kind of could look similar.
0: Okay, I also just read from the British inquiry that a shit ton of deaths that were sketchy as fuck weren't sketchy as fuck, so um, I'm not really believing anything <laughs> that any kind of official person is telling me. I'm sorry. Right.
1: I mean, you never know. And it is important to note that apparently over the years, two more Polaroids have surfaced that seem like they could be of Tara, but they haven't been released to the public. And I, I read in a, another source that there were more like film photos that were taken later on, but I don't know. Basically, nothing comes of anything at this point, and the case would go on cold for a couple of decades. Unfortunately, Tara's mother, Patty, passed away in 2006, and so she would never get to see any kind of justice, justice. or or progression in her daughter's case. In 2008, Sheriff Renee Rivera of Valencia County alleged that he knew what happened to Tara. And he joined, um, he became sheriff or joined the force basically, I don't know, a year after Tara went missing.
0: And what did he do with this knowledge that he knew what
1: happened? Part of his claims that were basically two teenage boys were driving the pickup truck that was seen following Tara and they hit her. They then covered up the crime. He said that they had a case built but needed further, like, hard-hitting evidence such as Tara herself or her bike or any other evidence to make it concrete. Yeah, I get that. So when Tara's stepfather, John Dole, remember, her mother's passed away at this point. So her stepfather learned of this, like, statement by this sheriff. And he expressed, like, extreme ridicule, r- ridicule against ridicule. these statements because... He basically was like, why would you publicly make these claims without enough evidence for any arrests or anything? Like, you're just kind of, like, saying shit.
0: Yeah, and it's like, where is the evidence that this
1: was So you're just, like, pulling something, like, a theory...
0: How do you know that they were teenagers? How do you know that right. they were fucking? Like you're right. just pulling details out of your ass. Like I get what you mean in the sense of like someone had knocked her over and killed her, but as far as your
1: the details, extreme yeah.
0: details like you're a little cuckoo, <laughs> <at you. laughs> yeah.
1: So no suspects were ever named regarding these claims, and nothing really immediately came out of this theory. So, nothing really happens. It remains open and cold, kind of, until October of 2013, a task force was created to reinvestigate Tara's disappearance. Um, It consisted of six agents, varying from state and federal agencies and departments. And so, also in 2013, something interesting happens with the case, A deathbed confession was actually made regarding Tara's disappearance. A man named Henry Brown claimed that his neighbor, Lawrence Romero Jr., and some or like a handful of his friends had openly talked about killing Tara the day she went missing. Oh. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. All Guess right. who? Well, where are the handcuffs? Sorry. Hold um, on, go. but you'll see.
1: Guess who Lawrence Romero Jr.'s father was?
0: Oh, someone who will m- not make this possible, I'm sure.
1: Who was the Valencia County Sheriff at the time of Tara's disappearance?
0: I was going to say some kind of sheriff or police. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So, apparently, from this deathbed confession, nothing came of it nothing ever happened Yep. so the case remains unsolved and cold until 2019 oh the fbi renewed their i don't remember that much that wasn't a laugh it was like it was like
0: no i literally don't remember anything so i'm like rereading this for the first time yeah it's not great
1: i know it's not in 2019, the FBI renewed their interest in Tara's disappearance, and they are currently offering a substantial reward for Tara's whereabouts or information leading to her kidnapping slash possible death. Wow. And, you know, there is an, an amount listed online, but I'm not going to say it because you cray craze. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> what? Is that just stupid or should I just say it?
0: You're going to post the photo of her.
1: Yeah, the reward poster will probably say the $20,000 reward. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh because God, I am no. going to post her her missing persons poster from the FBI. So, So some theories about what could have happened to Tara. Because, as you may have guessed, to this day the case is still unsolved. One that I came across, I was totally unexpecting, and I was like, what? But okay, let's give it a shot. Ew, it is a what? connection to the Toy Box Killer. <gasps> yeah. I
0: Wait, when, when did this case happen again?
1: She, Tara went missing on September 20th, 1988. And if you're familiar with the Toy Box Killer, it, he is in the New Mexico, Albuquerque area.
0: And he was in the 80s.
1: Mm-hmm. So, this theory is pretty wild. And like I said, I was not expecting it in my research, but when I saw it, I was like, Oh! Okay. Because
0: he was in a fucking van, too. Mm-hmm. But it, there was a... the blue.
1: Yeah, so we don't, we don't, uh, uh, and I am not gonna get a lot into detail, a lot about the toy box killer because literally, if I did, we'd be here all night. That's a uh, whole, yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah. three episodes in itself. So that's like maybe another could, time.
0: We could literally make a whole podcast about how
1: right. fucked up,
0: mm.
1: right? So, but just a little bit about him, David Parker Ray aka the toy box killer was actually born in Bellin, new mexico where tara lived and disappeared at a young age david went to live super close nearby in new mexico with his grandparents it was like in the next town over basically like over the train tracks where tara would ride her bike to i think if i remember correctly it was very God. close
0: Yeah, it's eerie how you just worded that. So
1: So this man is not only linked to the location where Tara went missing, but he's most likely super familiar with it. So not only is the Toy Box Killer linked just by location, but there's a weird coincidence within the Toy Box Killer's killings, I guess you could say. Two days after Tara went missing, a man named Billy Ray Bowers went missing, and he wouldn't be discovered until a year later when his body surfaced on Elephant Butte Lake near Albuquerque. It would later be found out that Billy Ray Bowers was abducted and murdered by the Toy Box Killer, a.k.a. David Parker Ray. So, some think that because of the geographical and timeline similarities, that Tara could have been a victim of the toy box killer. Hmm. It's just, like, weird coincidences. Um, I don't think it really ever got looked into, but who knows.
0: It's just how many active killers, serial killers slash killers, killers were active around that time and that's a question that you have to ask yourself because i would really hate for the answer to be more than one it has been and very much in this situation could have possibly been more than two but it's the lineup of the facts that happen around her disappearance that just leave you questioning like what if
1: Right. And that's well, what's also, so scary. my question is: like, what are the odds of this being like a random mishap of a situation it's versus very small. being a victim of an actual serial killer who was known in that location around that time? Exactly, but it's it's still hard to tell because no well, connections are ever made between her and him.
0: Because even in the 80s, okay, so what? It, if you were to look at random people snatching people off of the streets, with CCTV, I guess, like, maybe the percentages are more, a little bit less. But still, it's, like, less than, like, 5% of cases of people going murdered. It's always someone you know, someone you have some kind of connection to, for it to be just some random nobody. But it... It's the fact that she, it's the bike kind of, like, screeching and it's randomly stopped. But then the fact that really, like, mixes me up is the blue truck. So, like... Who was driving the blue truck. But I also Mm -hmm. know the toy box killer. I have not brushed up on the episodes. I know it was more than one person though. So like I don't know. if Maybe they had a blue truck. That maybe they would use. Or he had a girlfriend. That was
1: eventually involved. And it was her who actually gave up. The name of this. um, The Billy Ray. But then
0: you have like that other person again that you said uh didn't they like confess to the murder
1: no he gave a deathbed confession of his neighbor his apparently teenage neighbor who would talk along with his friends it was quoted as several of his friends talking about how they killed her the day she disappeared so so that's my next theory I'll get into uh the you know, second theory out of two I have. <laughs> <A> <laughs> hit and hey, runs they're, they're fucking
0: good theories though. Yeah, I
1: mean hit and run slash cover up by locals, basically. So as I mentioned before, there was a theory mentioned that a hit and run situation may have happened. There is a theory that some local teenage boys And again, I don't know how they hone in on the teenage, but who were possibly drunk and or on drugs, hit Tara while she was riding her bike and received help by family members to cover up the crime. Mm. Family members or friends. Um, Investigators insist that people in Belen know the truth but are protecting others by not saying anything. Wow. Yeah.
0: You're you're trash if you're listening to this doubt it but you're trash
1: and i'll get into that a little more in a second but so a theory of cover-up is believed by a lot of people regardless of really like who did it mm-hmm. like it's been covered up basically it, a lot it, of people it,
0: it's basically the point of like everyone has done it because they've covered up it up right own
1: way. Tara's family has not only suffered a physical loss, but a psychological loss as well. You know, loss without closure sucks, and... You don't even
0: have a body to
1: bury. Right. Like, so...
0: you don't have a place where you can go and properly mourn the soul that has left the earth. It's 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 you like know? a travesty it's it's so devastating as a family to not have that well it, it sucks because really it it gives you hope but
1: then also you're like devastated.
0: you don't yeah especially yeah, not knowing sucks, her mom so. and then her mom passed without um,
1: without knowing anything yeah
0: it just it's it really pisses me off all right off for the people that fucking did this and just
1: all right so okay. this will piss you off even more
0: great can't
1: wait (laughs) even if the person persons who did this get caught statute of limitations could heavily affect any conviction i
0: okay tell me
1: how last i heard
0: give me a give me a law lesson because i
1: don't remember well because it happened so long ago they can't be tried for a crime that had been committed not under certain laws
0: Under what law, murder under the statute of limitations? Under the United States of goddamn America, it's it's a general thing. It can go for
1: rape. It can go for murder. It can go for any crime. No
0: murder in the United States of America is limitless. Look it up. Not um... outside of America. Yes, inside of America, lifetime. Lifetime. That's why you're getting people, like, 70 years down the road. Or, not 70 years down the road, but, like, now that they're... Well, because they got changed
1: recently, like, within the past... I don't know. So, as far as, kind of, advocation for this case or awareness brought to it, um, in the earlier years, you know, when Tara's mom was still alive and stuff, Tara's parents went on Oprah seeking for answers... And on the year anniversary of Tara's disappearance, her case was featured on Unsolved Mysteries. Mm -hmm. And, um, they also featured, uh, the little boy who was supposedly in the photograph with her and stuff. Yeah. Um, the case has also been featured on 48 Hours, apparently, because I couldn't freaking find the episode, because I wanted to watch it and I couldn't fucking find it so (sighs) Jesus Christ Um, also Melinda Escabel, a classmate and friend of Tara's from high school has a podcast focused on the investigation of the disappearance of Tara it's called Vanished the Tara Calico investigation and it has it goes into a way deep dive it has way more information such as like Interviews with investigators, with witnesses, and just so much more information. So go check that out if you want, like, the whole fucking story on this. Because yeah. uh, she's been on it for years, and she's continuing to work on it. Um, Great job. She, yeah. what, was, what was
0: her name again? Sorry. So
1: her name is Melinda Escabel. And so she's working on the podcast I just mentioned as well as a documentary on Tara's case. She apparently started it years ago, like over 7 maybe years ago. Wow. But she got threats like like on her life from who? like from locals um or really peop- uh, she didn't specify from who. I assume locals but she apparently moved away and From stepped away. Who
0: fucking did it.
1: Yeah, cuz she I think she she wanted to do cuz she's a filmmaker. So she wanted to do the documentary first years ago, but then got threats and I think she moved away and she most recently started the podcast, but she's still trying to work on making the documentary happen.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's it's more um it's just amazing what people will do when they feel like the narrative is so different than, or it's, like, so skewed from reality or just from what they accept as reality. And right. they think it's okay to send death threats to someone who's literally just trying to figure out the truth.
1: Exactly. I mean, that, and that just kind of reassures, like, that maybe she's on the right track of things, Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't want her to
0: find out <laughs> <Yeah>. what happened. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, like I said, definitely check that out. And, um, <laughs> and, um, Melinda, if you need an actress for your documentary, a reenactment actress, maybe yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have much experience, but I apparently look <laughs> uh, like her. Like she, Tara. She? I don't know.
0: She's a dead ringer. I, uh, dude, you'd make a awesome. You're pretty good at acting, too. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: So, in memory, Tara was a young, energetic woman who had goals in life. And those who knew her remain hopeful, like, in her case, and really hope that um, one day they'll at least find her, you know, whether it be dead or alive, foreclosure and peace and they really hope to find justice for Tara in finding that, you know, whoever did this, they really want to find justice for her and catch the person, persons, party involved. Yeah. Um, so we will be posting an age-progressed photo of Tara made by the FBI. And if you have any information regarding Tara Calico's disappearance please contact Valencia County Sheriff's Office at the Los Lonas location, New Mexico, at 505-866-2400, or contact the FBI at 505-889-1300. Damn. What do you think, Kristen? Like, what do you think happened?
0: I really unfortunately think it was like one of the random percentage, the small percentage of it being, I mean... Either it was some teenagers. So, oh
1: okay. fuck, I I'm forgot editing. for when you. Uh, oh, the coincidence. The coincidence. Yes. 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 Sorry, the, sorry. I know. Sorry,
0: I'm remembering. Okay, no, you're remembering, but I'm pretending like I'm remembering for you. Yes. Okay. Fuck.
1: So Tara's mom did mention that her daughter was obviously intellectual, and she seemed like the person that would kind of leave behind the trace or a trail if she were to have been like abducted or in any kind of danger so Mm -hmm. she found she found like the broken walkie kind of of a sign that like obviously something happened there to her daughter whether it be intentional or not you know like the stuff left behind but also in regarding to the the Polaroids you know with how the book was her daughter's favorite book Um, she just kind of thinks that like her daughter would be smart enough to leave behind kind of signs or clues so this is the type of case that has really left a lot of questions and people thinking and going to different theories like cover-ups because when you look at the different sides of things In my opinion, it kind of really screams, like, someone local, and it was an accident. And unless, like, literally the toy box killer did it, I don't know. Were her remains ever found in Elephant Butte? No. Will they be? I don't know. It's...
0: I think what's so hard is there are so many possibilities even outside of murder that we may not possibly know about i mean like obviously she had to have been abducted in some sense because of the tire marks and
1: the, and it was mentioned like like, like like you said um it was mentioned that within the theory of a local doing it and it being covered up like they most likely knew her and yeah
0: just i don't it's that blue truck that really stands out to me and makes me think that this is more of but then right and so the witnesses that saw
1: the truck they claim that an older man like in his 30s with a mustache was driving it rather than like like, two teenage boys so it's how big
0: how big was this town did they go were they able to find this blue truck truck within the town i mean
1: apparently after finding out about the truck police set up um like traffic stops in in the surrounding area in hopes to interact with the car or with the truck obviously and it didn't happen
0: yeah because they're gonna hide it but it's so if it had to have been a town thing my obvious thought afterwards would be that if someone saw that blue truck they would recognize that blue truck because if it were something that were to be written around town then it would be easily recognizable so if someone weren't to say hey so-and-so drives a truck exactly like this then maybe it was something out of town and maybe it was something that was out and that's why I said in the beginning I'm not really familiar with the toy box uh the facts around the Toy Box Killer case, I know that it was definitely more than one person, but I'm trying to remember what kind of vehicle that they drove, and I i don't know if any of it was a blue truck, but I feel like if it was, it would have been definitely made in the articles. <laughs> My audio cut out, but either way, shit, yeah, wow. That was, <laughs> I definitely remember the Polaroid, but the facts around it are still as mystifying as ever.
1: Yeah. I know it's crazy. It's like we it has uh weird factors that go into it and like I said I didn't even cover most of it, so um check out the other resources I post and um I don't know if y'all have any other opinions, maybe let us know. We'd love to hear your opinions. Oh, Should I kill your buzz?
0: Yes, yes, it's killed. I would would say I'm sober. I'm thinking I'm probably going to ponder on this for another 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, cheers. Cheers to... uh, Cheers. Cheers to officially killing my buzz. I'm still a little drunk, but it's a somber drunk now.
1: Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Yes. Cheers to... Uh, me wondering if there will be an update on this case ever, hopefully. Cheers to
0: hopefully having an update on this case. Yes. Yeah. I really hope one day some kind of DNA evidence will be thrown away.
1: Just closure and justice.
0: Just, please. God, you don't have to love us. Just love the universe. Give us some kind of answer on this one. Hmm. And until next time, guys, be sure to keep up with the latest and greatest on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Insta, or TikTok, or anyone, or even YouTube.
1: At R-A-R-W podcast, bitches. Without the bitches. <laughs>
0: no, please don't put bitches. Please don't get us demonetized on YouTube.
1: It's just at R-A-R-W. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and stay drunk until next time but maybe not because you will get cirrhosis of the liver
1: no bye
0: that's well, true
1: so you're saying you i'm stay- gonna get cirrhosis of the liver
0: you're not gonna stay <laughs> drunk until the next episode <laughs> That's seven days from now. I would be very concerned. Oh, true. Look at us. Yeah, improving. <laughs> it was seven days. Now it's only six days. Mm. Okay, bye. <laughs>